I'm your host, Mark. I'm co- joined by co-host Jeff. Hey, hey, hey. And it's, Hello. it's Hello. the Movie Draft House. I, well, I, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. I listen every week. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time caller. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks. Um, <laughs> uh, so it's a new month, which means a new theme, but it also means new music here on the podcast. And uh, before we get into what we watch this week, we want to plug some new music. And the music this month is brought to you by the Los Angeles, California um, alternative rock band Here's to Now uh, with their song Thieves. Um, it's a uh, I when when I first like got onto them, their music. Um, I forget how I was introduced to them, but um, I reached out like several months ago. And because we had we had music lined up um, for for a few months, so I reached out and I was just like, "Hey, you know, it's a dope song. Can I use it on my podcast?" And whoever ran, I, I contacted on Instagram. Instagram is a fabulous networking tool. Um, but I contacted on contacted them on uh, Instagram, and and whoever was running their account was like, was like, it's uh. Um, like threw out some like crazy like hey you have to sign this and this and this and I was like okay cool I'm not all right never mind that and then they were like oh we're just joshing um yeah <laughs> they're I mean they're they're a I mean they're not a they're not a, an incredibly well known band um uh, they have a really cool sound um a, a little bit screamy um so if oh, you're not into that's gonna uh, be new for us. Yeah, if you're not a, if you're not a, a, a screamo um, connoisseur, I mean it's not it's not bad. It's not it's not completely you know yell, but uh, but I, it's a like alternative. I don't even know what you what genre. I'm gonna make up another genre. Okay, um, I'm ready. Screamo metal. Maybe I that think is, that exists. Screamo is metal. Yeah. Anyways, um, hit the show notes so you can find all of their links to social media accounts. They're doing big things. They got uh, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Twitter, um, YouTube, everything. They're doing it big. Here's to now, thieves. Uh, Jeff. Yes. What is the theme this month? So this month, we're giving our own reconnaissance. We're looking at the films of Matthew McConaughey, very simple sort of uh, uh, theme that we should be able to hit, no problem. <laughs> Listen, if we don't hit the theme one week, we like should just, he's just pack it up. So that's funny. So the movie we watched this week was called The Gentleman. Uh, and I know where you're going with this. 2019, <laughs> and the very first scene Matthew McConaughey gets killed. So I'm like, well, 
shit. <laughs> or so the movie, or so the movie wants right. you to believe. I I kind of uh, liked the idea of me picking this and then him just being dead right off rip and <laughs> never shows up again. I kind of would have been okay with that in a comedic sort of way. Right. Uh, so this is directed by Guy Ritchie. Uh, came out in uh, 2019. I think you said that. But um, what is your history with Guy Ritchie? Um, not much. I I looked briefly over his filmography, and I know like Snatch is one of his big movies, which I've never seen. Um, you know, it's, I believe well beloved. Uh, I've seen Aladdin, which I really liked. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. the better. Uh, remakes of those classic Disney ones because it didn't feel like the same shit over again. It actually felt fresh. Um, but I think that's it. You know, um, I, I, I think Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, I maybe have seen 20 minutes of, and I thought it wasn't for me. I saw a little bit of his Sherlock Holmes. Wasn't for me. Um, but that that's about it. What about you? Yeah, so um, I... I saw a, a long time ago. I can't tell you when, but um, I saw uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, and then um, I really, en- I remember really enjoying it, uh, just because c- it was different. Um, it's very, yeah. it's very high paced. It's it's a high paced dialogue movie. Um, it is a, a heist movie, um, and it's you know it's set in um, in England, like most of Guy Ritchie's films are. Um, and then, um, and then I immediately went, when Snatch came out, I, I, I remember, um, being highly interested in Snatch, um, you know, it stars Brad Pitt and, uh, I remember really liking that as well. And so, um, and then like, I, I, I he, he did some other movies. I didn't see him. Um, and then I, I think I came back around to him with, uh, the movie Rock and Rolla. Um, starring Gerard Butler, and I saw that, and I was like, oh, "This feels very much like his early movies, except with a different, just just a different lead." Um, and then the and then the Sherlock Holmes. I thought I thought the Sherlock Holmes films were to me they were fine. Um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is charismatic, and um, he really got holds that law. entire. <laughs> I do I, I do Jude love law. me some Jude Law. Yeah, um, but uh, you know. They were very, uh, you could tell, um, this is Guy, you know, Guy Ritchie with a big budget. And, um, and I thought they were very good. And then, you know, then he starts making some other stuff and like he made the man from, uh, uncle, which I haven't seen, but I did see King Arthur, Legend of the Swords starring Charlie, uh, Hunnam. And that was kind of meh. And then I saw Aladdin. I was like, oh, much like you. I was like, man, this is really good. It's highly entertaining. Will Smith's great as he is uh, right genie. and he doesn't at any point try to you know ape robin williams he very much was like right. i'm gonna do my genie this is how my genie is i i think it's because re- and one of the things about aladdin is it came out right after the lion king which is just a lesser version of the original um right. like it doesn't justify its existence by doing anything different um whereas the the aladdin one is at least its own film yeah, and and so um, I I didn't see the gentleman before our watching here. Um, I didn't see the Wrath of Man, uh, and but I just I recently just watched the Covenant, um, and I think I did a five minute review for it 
um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal as a as a uh, a marine in uh, Afghanistan um, back in early two thousands, and that was really good. I really enjoyed that movie, and I'm just like, this guy has a ton of hits, um, but he's not talked about like one of the best directors in the game right now. And I just, I, I, I struggle to figure out why. Um, and it may be the type of movie that he does. Cause most of them are like this type of movie that we just watched. Um, you know, heavy dialogue, heavy paced, um, mixed storylines that kind of come together, um, you know, at towards the end of the movie. And then the culmination of, of the entire story takes place. But I just I don't know why he's not more highly regarded than he is, because um, you look at the IMDb scores, you look at the Rotten Tomato scores for his films, and they're all pretty high. Um, but yet, you know, he's not you know he's not being asked to direct you know um, high big you know large large budget films. I think King Arthur probably or Aladdin was probably his largest budget, um, but essentially. He's just kind of found his uh, his little corner of of Hollywood, um, and he's the only one that I know really is making these types of movies. But uh, but yeah, I, I just struggle to figure out why Guy Ritchie isn't more popular than he is. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like so, mo- like <laughs> in this watching this movie, I don't think I think what he is is a solid like seven out of ten director, right? Like oh, yeah. you're gonna get you're gonna get some pretty solid stuff. You're but it's not and I can I'm I can only go on the limited amount of films I've seen and I just feel like none of his stuff has blown me away. Right? Yeah. It's, it's, that, that was fine. That was good. And and I include the gentleman in that. I think the gentleman is a a strong seven. You know, like it's got a lot of things going for it and then it has a couple choices that i find a bit annoying um but we can get into that so but generally speaking i i think that this is a fun movie and i largely enjoyed it how did you feel watching it yeah um it took me probably a good 30 minutes to really get on board um is because, you know, the first scene happens, and I'm like, fuck. Um, Matthew McConaughey, who is, I think, the only non-British actor in this film. Um, well, technically, uh, Colin Farrell is not British. Okay. You He's are from the UK, uh, but, you know. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, it, the, the film wants you to believe that he's killed, you know, in the first minute of the film. And, and then I'm like, okay. And we go through kind of a a, a world building of sorts uh, for for this film with the introduction of different characters, and um, I I generally thought the the performances were very good. Um, I particularly really liked. Uh, I think Colin Farrell's performance was oh, top notch. Oh, I love him. In this I movie. love him. Full stop. And. So I'll tell you, I'm when I was watching the movie, I was kind of, all right. So let me get my big problem out of the way, okay. and then I'll tell you when the movie got good for me. So my biggest problem with the film is the choice to have it sort of be narrated 
to you by Hugh Grant, uh, who yeah. is really good. And he plays this sleazy kind of guy. And I kind of like his performance on its own, but I didn't like the whole jumping back and forth between, you yeah. know, the McConaughey's yeah, right hand man, Ray, and and then back to this and that story that I just didn't like that. And I don't think that I, I think the only really reason they could do that or needed to do that would be to introduce, uh, you know, that character, Hugh uh, Grant's character early so that you, you know why he's in the story, because technically he doesn't show up until really late in the story, chronologically speaking. But. They so I feel like maybe if they had started the movie with him reiterating the story and then kind of left all the middle stuff out, I would have been fine with it. I just didn't like all the jumping back. And I know there's parts of what happened in those jump jumps to modern day that play into the end of the film. But it was really I, I every time we cut back to him, I was like, ah, shit, here we are. Like, it just felt like the movie <laughs> stopped right and and then we had to kind of pick the pace back up as opposed to keep the train rolling because this movie has a lot of good forward momentum like but it it took a minute to get going for me and yeah I mean, same with me yeah and when it, it clicked was frankly when colin farrell showed up uh because yeah. most of the time i'm like this is fine this is just a normal gangster movie this is fine and then Colin Farrell showed up and he was my favorite thing. Just full, like he's just awesome right from the jump. And uh, he gives the movie that much needed lift. And then the movie kind of picks up. Then Matthew McConaughey's character starts doing uh, some serious gangster things, you know? Yeah. And you start to see some heads cracked. And that's when the movie really picks up the pace. And I think it has a satisfying ending, but then it went for a second ending that I didn't think it needed. <laughs> right. And those um, are my two you know, my two annoyances. I didn't like the narration thing, and I felt like there was one too many endings. There was one too many parties involved. I I I can second that. That's um, you know, and that's kind of that's kind of Guy Ritchie's thing, is that he takes multiple threads and he just you know, he tells individual stories on these threads and then the threads come together, you know, at some point and he's, you know, now we have, we have this big, large event. Um, I really like Jeremy strong here. Um, oh yeah. Like he, he, he yeah, he plays off of he, the, the, the different, he's like another head gangster, but he's very different in his approach to how like, oh yeah. Um, McConaughey does it. McConaughey is that sort of don't F with me thing and where this guy, Jeremy Strong, is much more like just arrogant. It's like a subtle arrogance where you just kind of want to punch him a little bit. Well, and he's, you know, he's, he's flamboyant. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's vastly different. So the only other thing I can remember seeing Jeremy Strong in is the HBO show Success Succession, um, and man, he's fantastic in that. And but he's very subdued. It's like almost like he's this, this brooding character in that show. Um, and he's not a large guy, but 
you know, he's just, he's got this temperament in, throughout that entire show. Um, and to see him here, I appreciate his his acting now. Um, it's because he was a very different type of character, but very committed. And his character gets a lot to do in very little screen time. Um, and, and, and I just, and it, there's a, I like the, a I like the decision. payoff to his, yeah. his arc, right? Um, yeah. You know, like, it, it, and that's kind of the thing with the whole Hugh Grant. I felt like they made Hugh Grant such a big part of the story. But at the end of the day, what he does doesn't really result in much. Right. Like they 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 talk about this guy who runs a newspaper and he's trying to end uh, Matthew McConaughey's career because he felt slighted. He didn't get a handshake. And that's and and Hugh Grant gets hired to do that. And then Hugh Grant decides to blackmail them. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter to the rest of the story. Like the rest of the story would just kind of play out anyway. I think his character is ultimately just the reason for everybody to get together at the end. Um, you know, he's like the, not he's not the linchpin, but he's just the, the thing that's there at the end of the movie where everybody, you know, Colin Farrell comes in, Charlie Hunnam is, is there, and Matthew McConaughey's there. Um, and he's just, he is why they come together. Even though his, the, his, his, ending his story ending isn't really that isn't anything but um i just i really i really enjoyed the performances here Uh, i didn't much care for the actual the actual story because i don't really care about you know um you know warring um uh mob factions you know you had the asian the asian guys um you know, and then you know McConaughey and, and Charlie Hunnam's his his right hand dude. Um, I w- I wanted more McConaughey, honestly. Um, it's because I f- I feel like his his performance was also one of the strongest. Um, but we got very little of him throughout the first you know kind of hour or so, and um, and then when he's on screen, then he comes on screen, and then we get like we get his full full stuff. Um, you know the whole scene where he's or the the sequence where um he's trying to get back to um Michelle Dockery's character that's one of my favorite parts i that yeah. sequence of him going full bore and uh you know when he he busts in on dry eyes and uh you know he dry eyes has oh shit on his face really yeah. strong moment cuz like <laughs> it's an earned moment where yeah. We have already seen uh, Matthew McConaughey be quite vicious and significantly dangerous. Uh, you know, he had that thing where he poisoned that guy and the guy's puking everywhere. Uh, really, oh, I like that one. That was a good scene. Um, the 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 projectile vomiting was a little much, but it was still good. <laughs> um, it, but you get this idea that this guy is not to be messed with, and here. Dry Eyes has put his hands on McConaughey's wife, and we know as the he's gonna, viewer he's, that he's going to rape he, her. You know, yeah, he was literally we we're about to have a rape scene, but fortunately, McConaughey shows up in time, and uh, you know, he you just know that Dry Eyes is screwed at that point. There's nothing left that he can do. He's dead. And but before yeah. this, like uh, McConaughey's wife, very much shows that she is not a damsel in distress, as she has got three guards. 
or three people tries and two guards and two bullets. And, you know, she kills two of them and they don't believe her. Right. You know, they step to her like, you're not going to kill. Bam. And like, so I really thought that sequence was really good. And then it pays off again later in the movie. Yeah. We didn't even mention, um, uh, Eddie Marson playing, a. Uh, he's kind of a separate gangster of sorts. Um, he he's the 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 guy in the office. Um, he he's really only on the phone every time we see him. Um, well, isn't he like the, the guy that hired uh, Hugh Grant, the the newspaper yes. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's not um, even a gangster; he's just a powerful publisher. Right. Uh, which, if you want to boil it down gangster um uh, okay he's a gangster <laughs> with words gangster with words you know some people would call anybody with power a gangster um but i i just you know there there are scenes here in this film where i'm just like yeah man this is good this is good and then we go through these you know um these threads that i don't really think need to be in the film but uh but they Which are ones? and so we go down um, let's dive into one just, of them. Just, well, so Charlie Hunnam goes on this sequence where he's trying to, um, wh- what is he looking for? He goes out with some, some of the hench, henchmen dudes and he's trying to get, uh, a phone. Oh, it's, that's the phone sequence. Um, oh, where he's chasing the guy down for, I, I liked that. I thought that. Yeah. I, I just, I didn't think that it, it needed to be there. Um, is because like we already we're already told that that uh the character of Ray is 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 a badass. He's he's kind of a, a jack of all trades type dude. Um, and I just think that thread was there to show us that he can handle business. Um, even though the film kind of establishes that he can handle business, uh, yeah. very early on. And uh, that was just one of the, the one of the threads that took up, you know, it was probably about what fifteen minutes, twenty minutes of screen time. Um, well, and, because the phone. I'm, all right, so we're kind of missing the importance of the phone. He's not just trying to get a phone. Because the scene beforehand, he's been asked to retrieve this girl, this daughter of one of these other guys, powerful gangsters, and so he goes to get her, but then one of the guys jumps and splats out the window. They, these punk kids that kind of reoccur a bit, like they seem to show up in various scenes, have caught it on video of this kid being killed and sort of cover it up. They have to chase him down to get the phone. Um, it's just a fun bit of action. I, I don't know that it necessarily needed to be there, but I thought it was lively. And and at this point, I bought into the character of Ray. I like uh, his sort of... Uh, mild-mannered way of handling things like he tries to avoid violence but yeah when it comes to it he's got to do it um so i i bought into ray at that point and i was fully invested in the character so it's kind of fun to watch him run around and chase these guys you know yeah and and i I do enjoy uh i I did enjoy um charlie hunnam's uh, performance in in this particular sequence is because it shows like you know we're led to believe he's kind of a, you know he's badass um, but at different points during this chase scene you know he's he's winded um, you can tell that he's not wanting to do this anymore yeah um, 
And then and then we find out he's been running with this like fucking Uzi machine gun <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> and he doesn't open with that, right? He's like, here, right. I'll pay you for the phone. Like he's not hey, he doesn't kill for fun. Like he's not that kind right. of guy. And even when he does pull the gun out, he shoots it in the air and lets the kids get away. Just give me the phone. Um and so he's kind of like not as dangerous as his bosses, you know. But, you know, his boss at the oh, same time sure. is not happy about the various bodies that keep piling up. <laughs> there's just different there's different moments in this film. Um, who who dies? Oh, it's the guy that ends up in uh, the freezer. And oh, dry uh, eyes. Yeah. No, 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 no. Um, that wasn't dry. Jeremy eyes. Strong. It was the, ki- it was the kid. Um, who ends up in the freezer. Yeah, when in early that on was the dry film, eyes. No, was it? I'm pretty sure that was dry eyes because he's like, you've not seen this guy before, and then um, that's when he shows him the video of of him, Matthew and dry eyes together at the stadium and everything. You know, because he's like, you lied to me. No, I I, I don't think it was. Uh, um, right. Okay, it's when it's when um. Charlie Hunnam's getting oh, something out of the in the f- other freezer in the in um, the other freezer yeah. in the freezer at Ray's house. Yes, yeah, that was um, the guy. Was that the guy that jumped off the balcony? I think so. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and and like you know he's and Hugh Grant's there and and you know Hugh Grant's telling him the story and you know and he's trying to entertain. Just Hugh you Grant. saying that pissed me off a little bit. Like Hugh Grant's there and he's telling the story. It just, it doesn't make any sense. Like why is he making this so theatrical? Like I know we're watching a movie, but in, in the real, let's, let's pretend that what we're watching is the real world. Why is this guy going to go into this obviously dangerous gangster's house and waste his whole day telling him shit he already knows? And I get, I know that he's trying to prove, hey, I know these things. I figured them out. But he could do it a lot more concisely. It just is there for the movie, and it doesn't even add anything to the movie. I didn't like it, and I, you just saying it like made me not like it again. <laughs> um, what other movies has Henry Golding been in? He looks familiar. His name's familiar, but I uh, I'm not particularly sure. Oh, cr- Crazy Rich Asians. Anyway, I'm, he's Snake he Eyes. He looked familiar. I did. Oh, was he? Yeah, he played Snake Eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah, he did. He was also in The Gentleman. Ah, I've seen that. Yeah, um, that's where you know him from. <laughs> uh, anyways, um, I don't. You know. Compton. All right, so let's. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to. You know, because. There's not a ton of t- to talk about here because the film, while I, I would regard it as good, it's largely unremarkable. Yeah, um, so you're not going to walk away from this one thinking you've watched some sort of Scorsese gangster film. It's a little more stylized right, there's, there's, than Scorsese. There's, there's very little character depth here. Right, I don't think there's a ton of character depth yet. There are some of the characters that, like, I don't think Matthew McConaughey's character really gets a lot of meat. Like, he has cool scenes. 
I think what uh, this movie is a cool movie, but yeah. there's not a ton of depth. Um, you know, like and I, most, I think you can you can you can probably say that about most Guy Ritchie films. Is and I think about it, is that they're all very stylized and cool, but you know, you boil it down, and none of his films really have. Um, those deep character arcs that y- you're probably looking for when you're when you're talking about a, um, uh, like I, I'm just thinking of the most recent one I I, I saw the Covenant, um, you know Jake Gyllenhaal's character, uh, we, the entire movie is spent with Jake Gyllenhaal, but very little, uh, very little character uh, depth is given to him, and. And I just I, I don't know I don't I don't know why um, maybe he writes his films like that and it probably it, it, and I I can answer it myself but it's probably because he doesn't want to spend too much time with any one particular person um, especially in these films where we have multiple main characters um, you know he doesn't want to get bogged down into one particular character story so he's just he's giving everybody kind of the the glossy finish. Um, you know, Colin Farrell's one of them here in this film. Um, I want to know a lot about Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's written very well. Colin Farrell acts his ass off in this character. He's a cool character. But like he's he's a cool character. Like right. his introduction again is what I like. I yeah. want this character's movie. Like everything that 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 the character Colin Farrell plays a character named Coach, and everything he is involved in is about the coolest shit. All right. He has a boxing. He runs thing a fight ring <laughs> where he, he's trying to keep kids off the street. You know, he's just I'm trying to keep them out of trouble. But the kids, they're they are trouble. They go and rob Matthew McConaughey, and then while they're doing it, make a damn rap video. And the shit is so cool. Like it, it, it it's like it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't need to be there, but it adds to the style of everything going on with Colin Farrell's character. Like when he's introduced, these punk kids are giving him trouble and you know, he shows them who's boss and it's, it's so satisfying to watch. So I, I, to me, I would watch a coach movie because I think he's such a cool character and I, we're both noted on this. Colin Farrell month has got to happen at some point because I love this guy and I think he smashes it. And again, is it's my favorite part of the movie. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, um, I mean, the person we spend the most amount of time with is Charlie Hunnam, uh, and we don't get really any depth from his character either. And so it's a theme, um, you know, or, or it's a consistent thing with, he, uh, with Guy Ritchie here in this film is that we get introduced to a ton of different characters, a ton of different characters, uh, but none of them gets really any type of backstory. Um, and ultimately, I think for the purpose of what I think Guy Ritchie was trying to do here, it probably works. But for a better film, um, you know, this this type of movie or this particular movie with this cast probably could be could be considered great had these characters been written with a little bit more depth. Um, but as is, it's just, it's a, it's a it's a fun watch. Um but ultimately, you know, it's one that you're just gonna you're gonna forget about in a week. Um, yeah, you're not you're not gonna like with the departed. You watch and you go, I got time. My friends right. watch this shit, and so right. you know, this isn't that movie. It's still fun, 
Like if it's on TV and I'm like, yeah, man, we, you should give it a shot. It's pretty good. You know, it's that kind of movie. Really cool. But at the end of the day, it's just missing a little bit of like substance to, to send it all the way home. And then it's unfortunately bookended by the worst parts. So I talked about Hugh Grant. I'm not going to harp on it too much. But again, I didn't like his popping back and forth into seeing his narration. I found the character kind of annoying. Um, and he's written that way and probably told to act that way. My other part is at the end of the film, you get this really great scene where Matthew McConaughey gets his cup uppance, not gets his comeuppance, but exacts revenge on Jeremy Strong's character for sort of organize. Like initially he's like, I want to sell you my business for $400 million dollars. You know you can make your money back. I just want out. And Jeremy Strong manipulates a way for him to get the price lowered by having it being robbed, you know, by Colin Farrell's gang and just kind of all of all of that stuff and working with dry eyes. Well, at the end, he this is where I was getting confused. He shows Jeremy Strong dry eyes in the freezer because he killed him. And he's right. like, you, you know who this is. He goes, no, I don't know who that is. Why are you showing me this guy? And he, of course, has the video to prove him wrong. And he's like, listen, I'm not emotional about the money, but uh, let's say, based on your math, you cost me $260 million. So you're going to pay me that, and I'm going to keep my stuff. You know, at this point, he's sort of caught out because Matthew McConaughey has all his guards around him, and they've taken out his other bodyguards, Matthew's bodyguards. And he says, you know, once they agree to the payment, he goes, like I said, I'm not emotional about the money, but I am emotional about my wife. And then his countenance changes and he says, for that, I want a pound of flesh. And he gives him a knife and he's like, what's he say? If you're a penny short or an ounce off, he's going to kill him. Just really great closing. They should have ended it there. Yeah. And they didn't. They, so they had this that kid that jumped and died. His dad is apparently a portent Russian something or other. And then this just pops up right at the end, right? I mean, they mention it a little bit, but they don't do anything with it midway through the film. But then right at the end, the Russians show up. But then they're killed two minutes, like not even two minutes later. Like just, ha we got you, we're Russians. Bop, 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 bop. They're dead. And then the movie <laughs> ends. And it didn't, it, it felt like it, neutered such a strong scene by having this meaningless shootout that didn't right. actually apply to anything. Um, and and that was the other part I was like, that's kind of a bummer because my trajectory through this film was largely positive. Like I started at a base level and as the movie kept going, I kept liking it more and more. I kept getting into the characters. And then Hugh Grant would show his face and it dip back down. But then we'd get Colin Farrell and it'd jump up. And I'm like, okay, this is enjoyable, fun, gangster movie. And then it just kind of gets that little bleh at the end that just felt like you had it. Yeah. You, 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 some movies in too late. And I think this is one of them. Yeah, I mean, we we we've talked before about how movies can, um, you know, finding that sweet spot. Um, I think the last film we talked about finding that sweet spot to end was um, 
you know, uh, into the uh, into the Spider Verse. And oh, I will um, not say anything bad about that. No, it's not not as bad as that. It 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 had several opportunities to to end before it did, and it would have been very satisfying and I, um, still been a, a I think it's a complete you, movie. I think you picked the wrong film, but. <laughs> I have seen. hit the back catalog for that review. Um, I love that movie. Uh, uh, no, we bookended it with uh, I Got the Hookup 2. Um, okay, hate listen. that movie. <laughs> All right. You don't have to bring it up again. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I, I just felt like maybe Guy Ritchie was trying. It was He got a little greedy with his storytelling here, and he thought that maybe the audience wanted some sort of just last payoff of of anything of something that had not been earned though right right, right. so I the agree. payoff um, of jeremy strong getting his matthew mcconaughey getting his revenge on jeremy strong is a payoff from everything we've seen at the beginning of the movie going forward right you're introduced one of the earliest characters you're introduced to is jeremy strong's character and at the end of the movie when he's getting his comeuppance that should be the end because this Russian guy shows up for like half a minute at the middle of the film. And then at the very end, his gangsters show up and get immediately murdered. It, it didn't need to be there at all. Yeah, I, I agree. I, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's, um, poor form of storytelling. I think, um, like, I think we, we probably could have gotten, uh, you know, uh, revenge on Jeremy Strong at some other point in the film before it ended, um, and still had a complete story, uh, here, but you know for whatever reason, you know, uh, Richie decided to tell it this way, but um, you know, you only uh, you only hit the balls you swing at, right? Um, yeah, I think that's how it's. Uh, I think that's how the saying goes: you only hit the balls you swing at. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyways, um, I, Jeff, I don't think we can. We should. Drag we don't need it on to belabor this too much longer. Um, right. and, and Do you I recommend think, this one? No, but barely. It's like a. It's it's just on that edge. Like I don't think you're going to be disappointed watching it, but it's at the end of the day just has nothing to leave you with when you're done watching it, you're not like so many movies we watch and I'm thinking about afterwards and I'm feeling maybe a lingering emotion. This isn't that. Um, Yeah. I can't really say that anyone necessarily needs to watch it. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I don't, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably cemented as a Guy Ritchie fan. Um, I just feel like, this one is is it's entertaining and if you see it you're not you're probably not going to be disappointed that you watched it um you know it's not the worst thing you're ever going to watch and it's not the greatest thing but it is entertaining um i'm not going to recommend it but also here on the podcast we've seen a lot worse um and so uh it doesn't get my recommendation but i'm not i'm not i'm not mad that we watched it Sometimes I'd be mad at you when we watch some shit. Um, it's not my fault. You don't have to keep bringing up I Got the Hookup. Do I bring the fountain <laughs> up to you all the time? No. <laughs> you only blamed it for the reason you died. 
<laughs> That's true. It's that bad. <laughs> uh, anyway, Joe, what are we watching next week? I don't remember. Hold on. Let me pull my yeah, notes I know, up. I know, I know you died. Um, it's Killer Joe. All right. Um, we're watching from uh, the year, I think it's 2011. Um, 2011, Killer yeah, Joe been, starring. You have no excuse. You don't know that I died. I didn't die. I, um, I thought I would have heard of it. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it stars uh, Matthew McConaughey and Emil Hirsch, amongst some others. Thomas uh, Hayden Church. Directed. I love that guy. Thomas Hayden. Yeah, that guy. he's good. Uh, it's directed by William Friedkin. Uh, we only got one writer on this movie. We had three on the last one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyways, uh, where is this streaming at? Probably legitimate you, means. Uh, you know, I had to. I had to go to legitimate means. I had to spend money on the gentleman. Listen, it is a four to five dollar rental, probably, and I think that's <laughs> where you want to be. Uh, it looks like it's available on Tubi. It's also available on Prime. Uh, with a like, subscription, it like, says. Uh, what is? No, Prime? no, it's on Prime. Yeah, oh, you can dope. watch it on Prime. So, I'll go ahead and put that on my watch list. <laughs> Um. Anyways, if you want to get at the podcast uh, on any of our social media accounts, you can find us at Movie Draft House. We're on uh, here on uh, not here, but we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, TikTok. On you're watching on YouTube. Make sure you hit the subscribe button when it pops up down below, um, so you don't miss any future content. And um, you know, throw us a, a like, a follow, or subscribe. We appreciate it. Um, Make sure you're following the podcast on all your favorite streaming platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts, we're there. Uh, make sure you leave us a five-star review. Please. Um, None of that one-star, <laughs> do your research. We're not doing research around here. <laughs> this is a no-research podcast. Listen, we're, not we're doing looking it, it up as we're, as we're recording, all right? Um, anyways, uh, if you want to get at Jeff on Twitter um, and let him know, hey, man, um, you need a new heart? I got, I got you. Uh, you can find him on Twitter it. at Podcast by Jeff. If you want to get in touch, if you want, if you want, <laughs> Mark, and let him know. Like, if you say, "Hey, Mark, do you remember when Jeff was talking about how many f bombs there was in uh, Uncut Gems?" You can also let him know that the gentleman is the film that holds the record of the most amount of times the C-bomb is dropped in a film. Oh, I was going to mention it. So, all right, that's interesting. Um, I, cause I because I looked it up midway through the film. I'm like, I'm hearing this a lot, and I don't remember ever having it. Because in America, it's even more like of a faux pas yeah, to say than the it, F word. It is a taboo. But it is a taboo word. In other countries like England and right. Australia, it it's not, not a big deal. It's like it's like it's like the word fuck. Um, right. And so but but it's littered throughout the film. And I think I read it was like twenty six times, which is a record apparently. <laughs> well, so I was watching it with my wife um the other night as as we were recording, but uh and she's like, she's like, why are they saying the c word so much? And I was like, I had to, I had to pause the movie. I was like, listen, I said it's, you know, it's a British film, um, and over in in England, the c word is like our f word. 
Um, and so, so they really bothered. And she and she's she is a sailor. Listen, man, um, <laughs> she will swear with the best of them. But like, I have never like I think maybe I've heard her say it once. And uh, and when she said it, she was she like gasped at herself. She was like surprised that she said it. I was, I was like, oh shit. Um, but no, I, I noticed that too, and it made me think. I wonder how many other Guy Ritchie films, like his early films, I had to go back and watch. I don't really want to do that. No, but I uh, don't I'm, do inter- that. <laughs> I'm interested in in like how many times the c word cunt is used in um, like Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, but anyways, I, well, I it was I'm glad funny you brought that up because because I'm watching the movie and I didn't Google how many times is it used in The Gentleman. I said, what movie says this word the most? <laughs> and it immediately just popped up. The gentleman. I'm like, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, anyways, um, we, we talked about what we're watching next week. Oh, yeah. one, uh, shout out the music, new yeah. music on the podcast this month. Uh, here's to now with their song thieves. Be sure to hit the show notes down below. I'm pointing down below. I love, I love to point down below. Um, for all the links to their social media accounts, their uh, the website, uh, they're doing big things. So be sure to follow the, follow them, uh, and uh, you can you can like their music on all your favorite streaming platforms. They're yeah. doing big things. We appreciate them. You can also uh, check Jeff- out Spielberg Chron. Nope, chronologically, M Night Shyamalan wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear a little more from me, Jeff, give them some words of wisdom. No, no thanks. We'll catch you next time.